you knew the backstory of what is going on in your life, would it make any difference? I want, you to, I want you to think about that in today's podcast. The backstory is the story behind the story. It's the story that you do not know. There is always a backstory to every story. The story that you know is not all there is to what is happening to you in real time and space behind every story. God is mysteriously working. How does not knowing the whole story affect how you think about the Lord and what He is writing into your life? Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. I am glad that you are here. And that is the title of the podcast and the article on our website. If you knew the backstory, would it make any difference You're welcome to read this if you wish. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. You can read the entire podcast that I'm about to share with you, and you can share it with a friend. I want to jump right into it, but I want to share a couple of notes that have come in over the last few days and just say thank you for those of you who took the time to express your gratitude for what the Lord is doing in your heart, your life, and your relationships through this ministry. Tina wrote in, and she said, This is excellent. She was referring to an article. She said, grateful that you have allowed God to shape and reorient you to him in a way that has given you so much insight and and to share with others and to encourage in their faith. Victor wrote in, he listened to a podcast. He said, this podcast brought me to tears, sadly described me to perfection, as well as a couple of former pastors I had that only reaffirmed these behaviors were the do as I say, but not as I didn't do. I will use this as a frame for the next few weeks in my small group. Thanks, Rick, for this excellent application of the gospel. Elizabeth wrote in and she said, I love all, all the material. I listen to the podcast regularly while I, while I am driving to and from work. The material has helped me tremendously, and I want to continue to support the ministry. Thank you for all that you do. Elizabeth, Rick wrote in, that's not, <laughs> that's not me, said that this ministry is biblically-based is biblically counseling on a variety of relationships or relationship topics. It often challenges me to reevaluate the man I see in the mirror. I am so grateful and commit to pray for this ministry to Rick, his man, uh, his family, and the expansion of this work to a thirsty world. And then Jason wrote in, or Prudence wrote in, rather. Prudence said, I wish I had this article. She's referring to one that she read, of course, 14 years ago. Again, you are so spot on. I hope your advice saves many young people from a lifetime of pain and suffering in an unequal marriage. Thank you for sharing your note, uh, Prudence, and being transparent about some of the difficulties that have happened in your life. You are touching on something that I have thought about many times. I wish I had a bigger uh, megaphone. I wish I had a rooftop in which I could just blare to the world some of these ideas because uh, Prudence, I've heard this uh, quite a few times over the decade plus that we have been doing this ministry. If only I knew then what I know now, these things that you are sharing. And, and thank you, uh, Prudence, for affirming that. Jason, he wrote in, he said, this site has helped me so much. Thank you for this. It is refreshing to be ministered to with biblical truth as opposed to human reasoning. I'm sharing a few of these with you. They 
have come in recently. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know uh, that the Lord is reaching a lot of people and he's transforming lives through this ministry. It is humbling. I also have to be reminded of that as well because I do these podcasts staring out the window as I am doing now. There's nobody here, nobody in front of me. There are some neighbors walking around the yard gathering up their children and their groceries and people coming and going, but I'm not talking to anyone as I'm doing it in real time. And sometimes I forget that these podcasts do go out. People do listen to them and they are affected, and I want you to know that as well. This article, again, is titled, If You Knew the Backstory, Would It Make Any Difference? The truth is you will never know the whole backstory, but only the part that you are living, that you are seeing, that you are experiencing. God does not reveal the secret things to you or me. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, he says that clearly, and that's one of those texts that you you want to memorize and you want to Uh, reflect on often. The secret things belong to the Lord. Now, it is true, if you live long enough, you may come to see some of the meanings and purposes of the things that happened to you from your past. I'm at the age now where I think in decades. Some people, some of you think in years because you, you have a collection of them. Well, I have a collection of decades, and so I get to think in decades. It's easier that way. Years are too many, and it's hard to keep them all together. But I think in decades, and so I think about three decades back and how difficult things were, and I did not have clarity. I did not understand the backstory at all. It seemed purposeless and hopeless. But now, as my collection of decades have indexed forward, and I'm on the other side of it, I can see I can see part of the backstory now. This ministry is part of the backstory that God was writing into my soul, into my life many decades ago. Can't you reflect on the impossible circumstances in your life? A time when there was little clarity, and now here you are, years, or in my case, maybe decades removed from those difficult circumstances, and you see part of God's mysterious plan Of course you do. Here's the key idea. The Lord will not give you all the details to the script that he's writing for your life. It's not possible, honestly. Not only is it not possible, it's, it's not wise. It's not wise for finite people to know, to understand, to respond to all the revealed works of an infinite God. It is the kindness of God to hide his higher purposes from us. For those of you who have children, you, you know that. You do this. I hope you do this. I hope you, I hope you hide the truth from your children. You do not reveal to them all the things that are in their future. It would be inappropriate. Imagine talking to a two-year-old or three-year-old about the time that they are going to be leaving the home. That could be a terrifying thought for a little two-year-old, three-year-old. They, can, they don't have the ability to interpret that. They will most definitely misinterpret that. But then they will come, and, and, and by the way, and they will say, I, I will never leave here. I will, always, I will always be in this home. But there will come a time when uh, they will become teenagers and, and young adults, and, and they'll be looking to leave. But you don't reveal that information to them too soon. It's not wise. 
We want to make sure, you know, we want to make sure that we are appropriately bringing them along with the information according to their ability to understand it and process it and react biblically to it. Jesus said a similar thing in John 16, 12. He said, I, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus knew his audience. God knows his audience. Jesus withheld some of the facts about his mission because of the immaturity of his team. He, Jesus had an impossible-to-believe plan. He was going to die on a cross, which was part of the gospel plan. You remember what Isaiah said in, in 53.12, it's the will of the Lord to crush him. Nobody was going to stop him from his plan. Nobody could. God will do the things that he appoints for himself and the things that he appoints for others, but he might not reveal those things to you. And it's wisdom speaking when he does not. When Job began to think about some of the possibilities of what God could do, he said in 23.14, For he will complete what he appoints for me, and many such things are in his mind but only in God's mind. I look back on my life and praise God that he was kind enough not to reveal what he was planning for me. If God had laid out for me how my life was going to go, and if I had the choice to choose my path, I probably would not have asked God to regenerate me. I'm humanly speaking here, of course. You may think I'm out of my mind, but I would tell you that the things I have lost and the hurt I have gone through post-regeneration, post-salvation, would have been enough to cause me to rethink my relationship with God before I, before I had a relationship with Him. You don't know what you don't know. And if I did not have a relationship with Him, think about it, I'm, I'm living in darkness, I'm a, walk, a walking dead man, I didn't have a relationship with God, but I knew what I was going to go through after the Lord regenerated me. I am not so sure I would have picked up my cross to follow him. Because I was not a Christian, it would have been easy not to accept him if I knew the whole story. Suppose you were Job, and God came to you and he said, you're going to lose your family, your home, your land, your cattle, and you're going to suffer great physical pain. Suppose he gave you a choice to walk away from him and not go through all, the, all of that or to walk with him. Those are your choices. To walk away from him and not go through all of that or to walk with him, even if it meant going through the most challenging season of your life. What would you do if you knew the backstory? God did not give Job that option. He did not tell him the backstory. He does not tell us the backstory either. And he does not let us in on his secrets. His hidden agenda is a mercy. Our faith is too weak to see all of our troubles coming. I mean, we're anxious enough as it is. We don't need to know more than what we already know. Even with this limited perspective that, that we do have, 
God goes to great lengths to prove himself to us while encouraging us to rest in him. That's one of the reasons Jesus said in, in 634, Matthew, that don't give any thought to tomorrow. There's, a, there's enough for today to be concerned about. Imagine if he came to you and, and said some version of Job's backstory. Could you handle it? I want you to take a look at the backstory of our old friend Job. I shudder every time I read this verse. Here's the backstory, one twelve, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. That is the backstory that Job did not know. How easy is it for you to lose faith? because of what you're going through, and you miss the backstory that the Lord is scripting. See, here's the thing about Job. Though he did not know the backstory, he did not have to because he trusted God. His faith was in God. That's the most important thing. The most important thing is not for him to know Job 1.12. Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Placing faith in the Lord is the most significant thing that you will do. Your first response should not be, Oh my, I can't believe this is happening to me. When the troubled waters in your life envelops you, the first response should be unwavering faith in God. It could look like this in, in these six uh, sequential steps. Number one, this is your response when trouble comes. The Lord is writing my story. Number two, behind my story there is a backstory which has a higher purpose. Number three, he will not reveal to me what those purposes are. Number four, even though I don't have the whole scoop, I choose to trust God. Number five, no matter what I'm going through, it is not random or purposeless. And then number six, God is at work in my life. Therefore, I will rest in him while being strengthened by him. Now, let me tell you that this is not how I responded when the Lord ushered me into the crucible of suffering, I was kicking, I was screaming, I was confused, I was hopeless, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was hurting, I was not a man of faith. Without question, the crucible of suffering revealed something about me that was wrong. It was inadequate. You see, Paul talked about this in Philippians 4 Paul says not that I am speaking of being in need. He says that I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Paul didn't need to know the backstory because he has learned. God has been, uh, Paul has been sitting in the schoolroom of the Lord. He's been educated. He's been learned, or he has learned in whatever situation that he was in to be content. He says, I know how to be brought low, and I, I know how to abound. 
in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. Here's the secret right here, the secret of facing plenty, the secret of facing hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the secret. Do you hear the faith of Paul that regardless of the circumstance that he is in, and even though he doesn't know all the reasons for why he's going through what he's going through, he has learned. He has been educated. He has learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. He knows that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. When the trouble came to Job, he was appropriately dismayed and overwhelmed, but he did not lose his divine bearings. And that's what Paul was saying in Philippians 4. Before he started a journey through 41 chapters of frustration and personal doubt, this is what Job said at the end of the first chapter. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Now, I realize that Job kind of stumbled out of the gate, but at this juncture, at this point, you feel, hear, see, read, and you are assured of his faith in God. Faith in God has to be your starting point. If it's not, it will be impossible to come out on the other side with a sound mind and a God-centered passion. You know the trouble of Job. He wobbled through the book that carries his name. But the text that I just read is how he began his journey of faith. You heard his initial response to his troubles. If you go to the first verse of his book, chapter 1, You'll see why he was able to respond the way that he did. Here's Job 1.1. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. That is why he could trust the Lord when the hard times came, because he was a man who feared God and turned away from evil. One of the observations that I have seen in folks who had a hard time persevering through trials, is that they did not have a stable and sound relationship with God before they entered their crucibles. Think about it. Job's relationship with God was pretty tight before he went through his trouble. Yes, I am well aware that he did some serious wobbling as he came out of the gate. But in chapter 1, what I want you to hear is that he was a man who feared God and turned away from evil. He went through all these horrendous circumstances. He was pre-strengthened. He, he had been persevering with God before the trials ever came. He had been walking with the Lord, fearing Him, and, and turning away from evil. Let me give you an illustration. If you are physically weak before you begin a fast... Your time of fasting is, is going to be all the more challenging. And if you are spiritually weak before you enter your crucible of suffering, your time in the crucible is going to be all the more severe. Job walked with God before the Lord walked him into his crucible of suffering. 
You could say that he was pre-strengthened for what lay ahead of him. That is why his initial response was so profound. He did not just roll into town and begin walking with God. He had been walking with God for a while. How about you? How is your relationship with God? One of the ways you can find out is through your trials, of course. There is nothing like a little fiery trial to reveal the condition of a person's heart. James said it this way in in chapter 1, 2 through 4. He said, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Maybe revealing your genuine faith is one of the purposes of your backstory. That was most certainly the case with Job. It appears the main point of his ordeal was to reveal why he loved God, because that was the accusation of Satan, and to clarify where he placed his faith. And that was the outcome of what happened, as Job said in in 42. "I've I've heard of you. By the hearing of the ear, but but now my eye sees you, wherefore I abhor myself, and and I repent in dust and ashes. He he had a reclarification of his faith. How about you? Do you believe part of the backstory is God's desire to demonstrate his power and his goodness to you? Could it be that God wants to display to Satan and the world a picture of grace, which is you? Trials reveal Christian maturity and draw attention to motives. God did reveal Job's love for him, and and how he did it is not unusual. We we don't want to think that, that Job's case is unique because it's not. And we see it throughout Scripture. For example, there was another horrific encounter that came after Job, but in this case, it was a little bit different. The Lord was more revealing about the backstory in a person's life. Of course, that person was Jesus. And rather than keeping the backstory between God and Satan a secret, Jesus told Peter plainly what was happening behind the scenes. In Luke 22, you, you hear this dialogue. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. God is praying for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. Jesus is giving Peter a peek into his future. Jesus is revealing to Peter the backstory. And you read more about this in Mark 8, where Jesus told him plainly that he is going to die. Now, isn't that a stunning story? The Lord revealed more to Peter than he did with Job. He gave him a warning about the, about the trouble that was to come. Here's the irony in these two stories between Job and Peter. Job did not know the backstory, and he trusted God. 
Peter learned the backstory before the future ever came to pass, and he chose to walk away from God, even though he knew what was going on. Knowing or not knowing the whole scoop of what is happening to you is not the key to persevering through difficulties. You need a different kind of knowledge to endure your suffering. It's not what you know, but who you know that will determine how you suffer. In your crucible, are you more fixated on the what and the why or the who? How you answer that question will not only reveal your heart, but it will show the quality of your perseverance. If you don't get this question right, you'll be set up for many hardships. People who focus more on the what or the why of their trouble will stumble over many debilitating obstacles. Things like anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, cynicism, disappointment, and the worst of all, like Peter, a steady drifting from God. I just gave you an autobiographical sketch of some of my responses when I was more focused on the what and the why, demanding answers from God rather than trusting him. Jesus was correct by stating that Peter would walk away from God. Peter was secure and confident and self-assured until he heard the cock crow. Then Peter walked away from the one with whom he swore his allegiance it, it does sound a lot like me. I'm not putting myself on any level with Peter whatsoever, but there is a mirror here. When the Lord saved me, and as I began to grow in my enthusiasm, my passion for God, and as I entered into Bible college and was growing in knowledge, I, I was one of those that was ready to take on hell with a, a water pistol. But as trouble began to mount, I was not as secure and confident and self-assured anymore. And then when the cock grew, or when my life began to fall apart, I began to walk away. I began to struggle. Peter's relationship with Christ was not what he thought it was, or, or not what others may have perceived it to be. But here's the encouragement. If you are God's child... He has prayed for you. That's what he told Peter, remember. I have prayed for you. Though Satan wants to sift you, I have prayed for you. Be stunned by this truth. The king of heaven has prayed for you, is interceding for you. You may be wobbling all over the place, staggering through your suffering, but God is near and he is working in your life, he will complete what he started with you. As Paul said in Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. My appeal here is, it's not a call for you to wobble your way from God, but to wobble your way back to him if you are struggling and and maybe there is some space that's being created between you and the Lord wobble your way back God loves you and he is working his unrevealed plan in your life 
You don't need to know the why or the what, but you need to trust the one who saved you and and called you to do his will. The title of this podcast is, If You Knew the Backstory, Would It Make Any Difference? You're welcome to read this. You're you're welcome to share it with 1,000 of your closest friends. And if you want to talk about it, you can come to our free community forums and you're welcome to discuss any of our content, any issue that you may be going through, some help, some advice that you need. These are free community forums and we provide them for you. Well, they're provided for those who, who support our ministry, but we provide them so that you can receive help, and that's what we want to do, and you can receive help. I would encourage you to read this article if you knew the backstory. Would it make any difference? I have embedded articles here as well. There's three of them. And then at the end here, I have a call to action that I would love for you to reflect upon if you wish. Question number one is, if you are wayward because of your struggles, will you come back to him today? Will you wobble back to him? Will you trust the Lord today? And I know that's easier said than done and in some ways, it sounds cliche-y, and, and I, don't re- I don't mean it that way, but I'm just asking you a straightforward question. Number two, will you find the help you need so that you can put his name on display by your life, even if your life is not making much sense to you right now? And then number three, do you understand why knowing all the details of your trouble is not the primary thing? Job did not know the whole story, and he came to greater faith in God. Peter knew the entire story and came to greater trust in God. Regardless of what you know about your trials, will you come to greater confidence in God? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, if we can help you, please let us know, and I hope you have a blessed day. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.